welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Learning to lead in a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous environment has been key to our survival on many levels. But advancing technologies has given us an excess of options and has increased the speed and distance in which we interact with one another. It has created a new environment where different leadership attributes are needed. I'm here with Merche Delval, Regional Head of Talent Leadership and Organizational Development at Prudential Corporation Asia to discuss the evolution of leadership and how to lead in today's world. Morning, Merche. Hi, good morning, Ben. How are you? Very good, thank you. Mersha is one of uh, one of our longest serving, or one of our longest serving HR friends. I think I've known Mersha for about six and a half, maybe longer, six and a half years um, since uh, since I started visiting Hong Kong. And it's great that she's uh, and thank you for offering to talk about such an interesting subject. Maybe um, first of all, Mersha, it'd be great to just hear a little bit about yourself, your background and your role at Prudential. Sure, and, and yes, it's been about seven years that we know each other now. Um, so I look after talent leadership and organizational development uh, for PCA, which is Prudential Corporation Asia. I've been in Hong Kong now for over four and a half years, and before I was in Singapore, which is where we met. Um, I was in Unilever at the time. And uh, my role in Prudential is really to, to help senior executives to, to really flourish in, in a growth environment. So it's really working with their leadership capabilities to make them stronger, to make them more relevant, and really drive business performance for sustainable growth. Um, so within that context, um, we do lots of leadership development interventions, organizational development activity, and of course the typical succession planning, appointments, etc. that you would do within a, a talent management function. Nearly, this is my ninth year in Asia, and before that I was 11 years in London working for PricewaterhouseCoopers. Fantastic, thank you. And the topic today, I know it's something close to your heart, um, and thank you yes. for, for suggesting it. Um, it's not something I knew that much about before, but maybe to start, um, the concepts of VUCA and SeaWorld, perhaps you could just give us a bit of a summary on both, or maybe a top-line summary, and just the differences. Sure. So VUCA has been used for a few years now. In fact, um, the majority of leadership development organizations use it to, to frame some of their services to help senior leaders to really deal with a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous environment to be better at what they do. If you look at really what that means is the environment where we live right now and many years back was always volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So for me, what the difference with the sea world is, it is now, it's not that VUCA is not relevant anymore, it's that it has evolved. And uh, these days, with the, with the current technology and the current pressure that we have uh, in our leadership environment, the sea world, which is how I like to, to, to call it, it is a bit more relevant and more important. So what do I mean by the sea world? So I have four, four areas to discuss. One is how the world is converging, how the world is connected, congested, and conspicuous. So converging is about that phenomenon where technology, economic and social factors are changing and combining into new forms. 
So, for example, a very good example is the smartphone. Before, you will go to the post office to, to post a letter. You will go to your travel agent to really organize your, your travel. You will ask the translator to translate your documents. Or even you will buy a map. And now all of that is converging to one place, which is the smartphone. So as you can imagine, all of those old paradigms are really changing right now. Connected is about that 24-7 connectivity that we currently have whether it is with technology or whether it is with what we think is people, real people. But if we are really connected by a Facebook or by a Twitter or by any other of those, uh, what I call substitute to the real meeting face-to-face, are we really connected? Congested is about the amount of data, crowded data uh, that, that we are dealing with at the moment. Everywhere you go, Ben, is all about big data, data analytics, how to improve profitability by becoming data-driven organization, data, data, data. So how can we as leaders understand the, the relevant data and, and really differentiate it from what is not important to us and how do we take decisions? Are we slowing them or, or speeding them up? And conspicuous is about that visibility. Everything we do now is on, on, on the network and or, or on our social media within seconds. Like, pieces of information travel so fast that anything good that we do is out there, but any potential bad thing that we've done is shared, is exposing us, and it, it develops a, a, a community of followers or a, a bad group of haters. So privacy is, is, is very important in, in an era like the one we are now. And that's what I consider the sea world. It is an extension to a, a, a volatile, uncertain, and really complex and ambiguous world because of the environment that we live now that is, is very different to a few, only even 15, 20 years ago. That's very interesting. Thanks for that. And um, in terms of that emergence of the sea world, I'm, I'm curious, from your perspective, how does that affect where you position the leadership attributes when you're looking at future leaders? How has that changed? and Where do you place a higher value now that the sea world is being considered? So, so some of the, uh, the, the leadership traits that we always have considered obviously will always remain the same. Uh, a leader to be honest, to have integrity, agility, to, to really have drive and passion and creative thinking, and being able to influence and have empathy, all of those things are still there. I think that with such a, a different environment right now, there are other attributes that we need to pay more attention to. And, and I'll just pick a, a couple of them. So the ability to judge well, so what I call well, discernment. With all the available information and data that we've been talking about, how do we base decisions? On what do we base them? Are we being influenced by other people's opinions? So um, how truthful to our judgment are we? And how faithful to our principles are we? So discernment is, is one, for example, an ability that, that, that we need to look into. Incredible importance is resilience. Uh, I was telling you about the, the, the exposure that we have right now on everything we do. So it's very easy that when you get criticism about anything that you've done, whether it's right or wrong, or, or you get threats or sources of stress around it, it, people really are judging you all the time. And one needs to be resilient to bounce back in this face of adversity and, and really stay put and, uh, and be able to, to take good judgment. While before, maybe we 
were not that exposed to that to that environment where everybody would know anything about you within seconds. Ability to really deal with different cultures and being diplomatic about it. And then an interesting one, which is, is a, I find it a, a dichotomy that is, is very fascinating for me. How can we be entrepreneurs, so, so really putting our career and financial security in the line to take risks in the names of any idea or purpose uh, in an in a environment where a first mover advantage is, is really important, and how we combine that with uh, risk or taking risks. So I call it risk strategizing better than risk management because some risks are worth our, our um, efforts and intentions and, 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 and efforts to, to look into them to, to really understand whether they're worth pursuing or not. Leaders in the past have had to pay attention to all of this before, but now is the speed of change and the, and the need to take decisions in a, in a millisecond that are really putting much more pressure on our leaders to perform well with this new environment. That's interesting. And, and in your opinion, I, one of the topics that we hear a lot from our talent and HR communities around younger employees, around some of the traits they inherently have, it sounds like they perhaps match up to those SeaWorld attributes. Would you see that, that the younger employees are taking on more leadership roles as a result? Or, or it, it's almost like this is playing to their advantage <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, um, it's what, interesting. It's interesting, Ben, because um, if you look a little bit of the research, and there is, um, I always read the World Leadership Survey that the CCL, the, the Center of Creative Leadership, do, and uh, and they did an interesting work in 2014 where they, we really look at what are the main traits of leaders for the different generations, assuming that they were be they were going to be completely significantly different between millennials, Generation Xers, and baby boomers. But actually, the survey that they did proved that for the, what they consider effective leaders is very, very similar. And they were quoting things like being part, participative, team-oriented, humane-oriented, and charismatic, and less focused on being hierarchical and autonomous. If you really look at, at younger generations, what they tend to be is more connected. That's true. Although older generations, they say they are kind of more sole contributors or individual contributors because they are connected, but they are connected to technology, not really connected in face-to-face -to, -face to other people around them. So if you talk to a, to a millennial about connection and, and about um, collaboration and working together, it will be a different definition to if you were to, to talk to a baby boomer. But actually, their sense is the same. When they don't know anything, they go and Google it, and they connect in with other people, and they, they read blogs, and they reach out. Um, what we used to do is just go across the corridor and, and go and ask a question if you had someone around. So I think it's how we position those those attributes. But it is not, they are not as different as we're making it sound, you know. Um, I think they are more ready in certain areas, so they are quick. They're quick to take decisions, and they are also, many of them, very, they have, uh, they're, they're great entrepreneurs. I remember my time in Bangkok um, when I was looking at, at some companies that uh, their CEOs were 25 years old, and they, it was their third company that they were about to sell for a million dollars. And, you know, this is 25-year-old guys, and it's the third 
CEO role that they had. So I was absolutely impressed by that. But at the same time, I think what they, they also value is some mentorship from the older generations in terms of that managerial capability, understanding people better, understanding the consequences of taking a decision too quick or too slow. So I think there is a, a role for both both sides of the coin. And um, and I think the bigger issue, Ben, is I think millennials are more willing to be flexible and they just want speed and flexibility and purpose and, and do something that will make a difference. While the older generations have gone through a lot of work and efforts to get to where they are, and they are expecting them to go through the same, we can't assume that it's the same environment. Uh, someone will not, in, in, a millennial will not wa- wait for 20 years to become a, a leader. They want speed, and they will look for it elsewhere if we are not able to give it in our organizations. So mm. I think it, it's both sides. And, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, in terms of, um, from a talent practitioner's perspective, your perspective, how are you leaders be more effective given this context and perhaps also the sea world definitions how are you helping leaders? Um, it's interesting how um, when I wrote my first article about this, the majority of the reactions and got the positive reactions were from, from the younger generations. We were going, yes, absolutely, I agree with this. And uh, the older generations were saying, it is true, but it's still the, the traditional traits need to, to stay. So I think the way that definitely in Prudential and, 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 and elsewhere as well, what we're doing is coaching both sides. So uh, for the, the senior executives that are coming from perhaps uh, Generation X or Baby Boomer generations, is really to understand how they can flex their style to not just attract younger generations, but also retain them. Uh, we tend to talk about the digital age and say, yes, we, 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 we have really what we need in our organizations to attract the best young talent. But when you really look at it in, in depth, um, we may attract them, but then we, we drop them in the deep end and say, now try to be yourself in an environment where the organization has processes that are not uh, evolving at the same speed as the people are. So um, it's difficult for someone with those uh, with those traits to really not just fit in, but also stay motivated. So we need it. We are, what we're doing is, is helping employees that are being here for many, many years to understand those changes and what they need to, to, to motivate talent and retain them. And for new employees to, that coming from younger generations to really appreciate the mentorship and the experience that older generations can give them for their own success and for their own, their, their own drive to satisfy that, that, that drive. I was involved in um, the Economist Corporate Network uh, event in November last year uh, with a really cool topic about uh, drive for delegate uh, digital transformation uh, in, in the workplace and the role of the CEO in Asia. And the, and the findings of the survey that the economists were, were exactly the same. We tend to delegate digital transformation to, to lower areas or functional areas. And then we're using mainly technology just to uh, collaborate in the workplace, but not really to attract people, not really to retain people, not even to enable, enable them to, to do a better job. So I think we have a little bit way to go, but, um, but for senior leaders, I think it's understanding that uh, we need to go through that speed and through that new environment to help our new younger leaders to succeed.
Fantastic. Thanks so much, Merche, for sharing your thoughts on that and your insights. That was Merche Delval, Regional Head of Talent, Leadership and Organizational Development with Prudential Corporation Asia, sharing her insights on the evolution of leadership and how to lead in today's world. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.